you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And we have, uh, once again, a very uh, special uh, guest to the podcast, friends, um, friend of the podcast and longtime uh, podcast guest. We have returning uh, for, I don't know, the 17th, 18th time, it seems like we have Matt Rawl on all the time. Um, but Matt, thanks for coming back on. Absolutely. And, and you forgot to say distinguished guest. Oh, you're uh, in absolutely your, right. In your introduction. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> We, we'll we can re-record that. Next that. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's always great. It's always great to be here, and it's tons of fun to to talk with you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you uh, we often have you on because you uh, you are an author uh, yeah. as uh, as well as being a pastor and just an all around wonderful human being. And uh, yeah, make sure you play that for your wife later. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as proof. As, as proof. proof right? See, these guys said I'm a I'm a good guy, so it's we, true. We got your back, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you, but you have a new, uh, new Advent book coming out, uh, yeah. called the, the heart that grew three sizes. Uh, yes. Matt Franks has Excellent. it there. And if you're watching the video, uh, but tell us a little bit about it and, uh, how it came to be. Yeah. So, uh, the inspiration for the book was, I felt like because of COVID and shutdowns and, and, and all of the above, I felt that the Grinch stole Christmas last year. And I had to, I had to make sense of that. I had to process that. I had to make sense of it. And, and it, it led, at least within in my congregation, it led us into trying to discern what was essential in terms of our worship hmm. and the, the feeling of something being stolen, that the feeling of something missing that and diving into what is, what is essentially Christmas. I mean, it, it writes itself after a while. Like that's, that's what the Grinch story is about, you know, and I never thought in a million years I'd ever write a book based on a Dr. Seuss character. You know, it's just, it's not initially kind of my, my realm, uh, but it just made too much sense because I, I needed to make sense of, of what had happened uh, over, over Christmas. So that was, that was kind of the inspiration uh, of the book. And thank you to Abingdon Press that when we have these bozo ideas uh, that they're game and they green light it and we, and we get it done and it's, right. uh, it's tons of fun. And I, and I hope that, that folks who pick it up uh, are in a similar place. Like something was missing last year and, and we need to process that. We need to make sense of that, uh, especially as we gather now this year, at least fingers crossed <laughs> that we gather right. in person this year uh, uh, for Christmas Eve. So yeah, that, that's the inspiration behind the book uh, uh, for sure. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. I admittedly not the biggest uh, Dr. Seuss fan, sure, but right. There's some baggage there. Can I can I say that out loud? There's a little bit yeah. of yeah. Dr. Seuss baggage. Yeah, sure, for sure. sure. Um, but the idea to frame frame it around what we've all experienced in the last two years, right? And and missing major moments, not only in the church, but in in our day to day and family lives, with Christmas being a huge one, and having to make that choice: do we gather? Don't we gather? What do we What do we do here? Right? And and that grief of loss in the midst of that that goes really unnamed in a lot yeah, of spaces. And that's, that's, yeah, exactly. So, so that was kind of step number one is naming it and claiming it and, and understanding that there was something missing 
uh, and wrestling with that. You know, and, and the story starts off uh, is, uh, it says that the Grinch hated Christmas and the word hated is italicized mm-hmm. in the original story. Like he hated Christmas, it, like no bones about it. But Dr. Seuss doesn't tell us why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's because hate doesn't need much of a reason. Right. Hate, I mean, hate is irrational. <laughs> hate is consuming. Uh, and it doesn't need much of a reason to completely take us over. Like, we don't know if if he hated Christmas because he hated the Who's, like, which came first, chicken or the egg, right? Mm. Uh, it just says he hated Christmas. And and it was um, uh, it was loud, it was boisterous, and it just it rubbed him the wrong way. But, you know, the Who's are not without uh, criticism there because it didn't say the Grinch was mad at the way that they were sharing their faith. <laughs> it didn't say right. that the Grinch was mad because they the who's kept reaching out to the poor mm-hmm. it's because of their celebration it was loud and boisterous and over the top and you know their their christmas trees look like supernova you know it's just <laughs> and and on the one hand like i feel you i feel you grinch <laughs> like that's <laughs> that like some of that brings out the grinch in me. and, and uh, i guess it was a couple of years ago you know what what really brings the grinch out in me is like terrible christmas music couple years ago we talked about this i'm pretty sure we did uh, of like the wor- i had like an ncaa bracket of like the worst christmas songs ever uh and 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 like there's nothing that brings the grinch out in me more than like christmas shoes or <laughs> yes there, there's this other song um where's the line to see jesus is he here at the store no jesus is not at the gap what are you doing why of course you can't find jesus at the store because he's not there <laughs> God, and the song that won, I don't know, I can't remember when we recorded last time, but the song that won was Daddy, Please Don't Get Drunk This Christmas by John Denver. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's like the worst Christmas song ever. Oh my gosh. So, so like the, the beginning of, of this small group study is, is recognizing that, that hate doesn't need much of a reason. Mm-hmm. And if we're really honest, there's something that brings out the, the Grinch in us, whether it's, it's uh, someone else's celebration or it's the church down the street and their their screens are just a little bit bigger than yours and (laughs) their live nativity has like four jackasses in it instead of three (laughs) like yours does and and like these things that just bring up or you know christmas shoes 24 7 uh we have to recognize that and 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 name it uh and and claim it and and i love that that's the first thing we do because so that gives us three more weeks to prepare Mm -hmm. to get that grinch out of us and and, and, to, and and to wrestle with it. So that that's that's where the book begins. That's the ledge from which we jump. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's a great place. You you think about like that first Sunday of Advent. That first Sunday of Advent kind of does deal with that, and it it recognizes our need for a savior, and like that that's something that that was longed for and desired, and like and and like you know that's definitely a great place to start uh, thinking about how like I mean I admit like I. I despise all things Christmas, but I love Advent. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and, and I just, I love that, all that preparation. I love the conversations of that, the, the, the themes of Advent. Christmas is just like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, he's here, he's born. Uh, and, and so like, I, I definitely relate well with the Grinch during this season. Cause it just, I, it just, it, it, I can't stand all the noise and the, the Advent prophecies. Yeah, exactly. Right. The Advent prophecies are, are, are actually pretty Grinch-like. You know, they're not like, here's a warm blanket, like follow the advent calendar, move the mouse and the different things. And <laughs> let, let's, you know, how fun it will be when we gather around the 
the fireplace and a warm blanket with no they're like stuff's burning down and <laughs> and like the the moon is turning to blood and like it's getting real and god's gonna have to intervene you know it's like this it is it's like the grid standing on mount crumpet like there's something about to happen here and and pay attention because here it comes right right and that, that's kind of the second so the second part of the book chapter two talks about like when christmas isn't christmas it looks like christmas but it's not really christmas like the the grinch puts on all of the accoutrement all the like important things in the regular like he's wearing the santa suit he has the beard he comes he's riding a sleigh he's going down the chimney like all of those markers uh but it's not christmas and that's I hope, I hope that's a bit convicting because our sanctuaries might look like Christmas. Our mission might look like Christmas, but are we really proclaiming uh, the incarnation? Uh, like we might have the, the, the biggest and brightest and most beautiful Christmas tree in town, but does that really have to do with God coming near and, and God being with us? And what, what sparked that, <laughs> this is so interesting. So, uh, well, it's I hate when pastors say that, like, this is interesting. And then they go on because of course it is. You're talking. I, I hate that. I need to just exercise that for my language. Um, so one day I was listening to a Hillsong song, uh, and it talked about, I misheard the lyrics. So what I heard was, uh, your, your love, O Lord is like the long winter sun. I was like, that's a weird, that's a weird lyric. Because like in the winter, the the sun is short. Yeah, days are short. Right, so what's going on? Yeah, the long your love or load is like the long winter sun. So I started doing so. And and by the way, winter they they're they're out of Australia. It's like what are they talking about? Right. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. Um, and this was on their. I should back up. This was on their Christmas album. They have a Christmas album. Your love or load is like the long winter sun. I'm like that doesn't make any sense, because Christmas isn't winter and the sun is not long. And what, like, what's going on here? Well, come to find out, I misheard the lyric. And the lyric is actually, your love, O Lord, is like the low winter sun, meaning that it's very close to us. But this, there's still a problem. <laughs> They're in Australia. It's warm in December <laughs> in Australia. And me, in my here's my bias, right? Because I also talk about us having blind spots. That's in mm -hmm. chapter three. But here's my bias is that I assume that everyone on the planet calls... Um, november through february winter mm -hmm. and that is incorrect <laughs> right. it's not that it's not that australia has a warm winter they call it summer you northern hemisphere bigot <laughs> it's it's they call it summer so but it, all, the long story you know the short version of that story is that hillsong knows their audience right they they, right. they totally wrote that song for us in america uh to adopt and and you know, so there, there are things that look like Christmas, like I, I joke saying that, like, unless there's sleigh bells in it, like it's not a Christmas song. Right. Uh, and I always thought it was bozo that all of our Christmas songs are wintry weather when that completely ignores the southern half of the entire planet. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, so some things look like Christmas, but really aren't. But then there are other things that that don't feel like Christmas, but really should be. Like, for example, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we have the story of the Holy Family escaping to Egypt, Right. Uh, and, and, and an immigration narrative or a refugee narrative really doesn't pop up into a lot of our Christmas celebrations, but it totally should because it's very much about the infancy of Jesus, right? Uh, the same thing of, of, of Babylon, uh, of how Babylon uh, captured Judea uh, and these wise men from the East are coming uh, uh, to bow down. So the, the Egypt and Babylon don't really make it make the cut 
Like we don't, how many Christmas songs you know to talk about Egypt and Babylon? Right. I don't know. Right. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check John Denver's anthology, but I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's there. Right. So there's some things that don't sound very Christmassy, but need to be reincorporated uh, into our, our Christmas narrative. So that's, that's kind of the, the first half of the book is recognizing your inner Grinch. And then recognizing that some things that look like Christmas really don't have much to do with Christmas. And I hope that's a bit convicting in, in the work that we do, uh, the work that we do in the parish. Yeah, no. And that's, <clears throat> I, I love that. And I hate it all at the same time because good. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I started playing Christmas music two days ago. Uh, <laughs> Cause I very much, I mean, that's, that's our house. We love that preparation and sure. just the joy that it brings. Right. Uh, but it's also asking ourselves that same question of what, what is Christmas, right? What belongs here? What doesn't, uh, in, and in the midst of that, what, what is bringing us joy in this season, uh, that, you know, in the last few years in our family have been really hard. Uh, we've lost oh, some, sure. some loved ones. Uh, we mm. lived through last year, right. And, uh, it's tough. It's tough to do all of that grieving amidst, um, celebration and, and joy and hope when it just weighs heavy, right? And so, and but stings, we, we have found ourselves right? asking that question, what, what is this and what belongs here? And this is the beauty of joy, right? So, mm-hmm. so joy uh, is not a happy feeling or a sad feeling. It, it's wholly other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a book uh, written by a Yale professor. It's on my shelf somewhere. I forget that it's, it's a collection of poems on joy. Uh, and, and he says that joy is often the bloom in the midst of the rubble mm-hmm. um, because joy is the steadfast assurance that God is with us. And sometimes that's happy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's an assurance. Sometimes it's kind of this mournful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that phrase, like leap for joy. It's only used twice in Luke's gospel. Once when Mary and Elizabeth meet, which is a fantastic story. Uh, and, and John the Baptist leapt for joy in her womb in the, in, in, in the meeting of Mary. And the, other, the only other time that phrase is used is, is during uh, the Sermon on the Plain, Luke 6, I think it is, uh, where Jesus says, blessed are you when people revile you and hate you, leap for joy on that day, for great is your reward in heaven. And persecution isn't fun. Like, that's not like, yes, I'm being persecuted right now. Awesome. One day I'll get my reward. No, it, it, it's, it's this steadfast assurance that God is here. Uh, sometimes it's happy. Sometimes it's, it's sad. And, and Zach, as you were saying, um, uh, some, sometimes celebration can sting if you're not in that place. Yeah. Um, you know, hark the hair. I mean, just kind of want to say like, shut up. <laughs> like, I'm, not, <laughs> right. I'm not in that place, right? Yeah, I'm not there, there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a church member uh, several years ago and I wrote this uh, in another book, but uh, she would never sing the Christmas carols. I mean, she would literally stand in the congregation with her arms crossed. You know, so I asked her about it one year. She said, I'm not ready to talk about it. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. It took three years. Uh, after the third year, uh, she finally said, my, my dad died on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the fourth year or the year after that, uh, I saw her weeping during the songs, which is actually a step forward. <laughs> she right. was beginning to feel again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depression is not sadness. Depression is apathy, Right. Uh, and she was beginning to feel again, you know, so it was was that moment where it's not that they were happy tears. It's not that they were sad tears. It was this joyful place where she was beginning to feel again, you know, uh, and that, that, that's ultimately where the, where the book points, 
right? So, so the, so the Grinch does this thing, like he steals Christmas away, <laughs> you know, and he goes back up to Mount Crumpet and he has all their stuff and he's stolen it uh, all away. And then he just waits, right? He waits like uh, Jonah on the other side of Nineveh waiting for it to explode, <laughs> right? He's just right. sitting there waiting for the fireworks. I mean, like with his ear, like he's like, you know, crooning his neck, uh, craning his neck, crooning his neck, craning his neck uh, uh, to hear, uh, waiting for the weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it doesn't happen. They start singing a joyful song. And we're not told specifically why the Grinch's heart grew three sizes. We just know it did. And my suspicion is that it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it, it's the music. Uh, because sometimes music communicates what words just can't. You know, how can I keep from singing that great, great hymn? Um, where you know, I, I experience inmost lost, you know, but, but how can I keep from singing? It's just this beautiful moment. Um, uh, but that's not the end of the story. So, but like, so he's like, he grabs all their stuff and he wants to go down. But there's, there's, there's more because the, the who's, and this I think is a lesson to we polite church folk. The who's could have asked for the Grinch's head. Sure, yeah. They could have, you stole my stuff, right? They could have marched up the mountain uh, Beauty and the Beast style at the end of that, <laughs> at the end of Disney's Beauty and the Beast where they have pitchforks and torches. Young Frankenstein, pick, pick a metaphor. So they could, have, they could have gone up the mountain and asked for the Grinch's head because he stole all their stuff. And they didn't. What a lesson for the rest of us like because we always we always so focus on the grinch i mean the namesake of the book but at the end of the story that the reconciliation and the forgiveness that the who's offer because there was no good sense what reason would tell you not to trust this yahoo right because <laughs> we do these things like we 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 clench our purse a little tighter when we're walking next to a stranger like here's this outsider covered in green fur who lives on the top of a mountain he stole all your stuff. Like if, if that happened in Bossier City, this, this we're not dealing with the same end of the story. <laughs> right. So, and he like approaches the city. Like, what is he going to do now? You know, we should stop him. We should self-preservation, right? We should protect him. You know, let's get him. But no, they let him in. How foolish is that? And it's because the gospel is. The gospel is foolishness. It's absolute foolishness um, uh, for all the right reasons, <laughs> right? They let him back in to their, in their life. And not only that, oh my gosh, I'm preaching. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm preaching. Now. <laughs> but like, they give him a seat at the table and not just any seat, the best seat. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there on the last panel of the, of the story. He's carving the roast beast at the end of the story. The last shall be first, man. Oh, and, he's car and, and I love this because the story is not overtly religious. Like Jesus is not mentioned, like they don't even have Christmas care. Like it's just, it's, it's a cultural expression of Christmas, right? Uh, there's a star at the top of the tree, not an angel, this kind of thing. But in the last panel, there's the Grinch carving the roast beast. And there's a wreath behind him that looks like a halo. <laughs> it's almost an icon, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just this kind of iconic picture of peace and reconciliation. And I hope to God that we can all get to that place, right? Right. Because like it, it burns, it, it burns my biscuits when we have these dumb arguments that we hash out every year, like happy holidays. Don't say happy holidays. Like we should be able to say Merry Christmas. Like get over yourself, bro. 
right right it's happy holy days anyway like it's like like the same thing with halloween like people get bent out of shape it's all hallows eve like Mm -hmm. cut it out (laughs) (laughs) it's rooted in the church man right you may have forgotten that it's rooted in the church but it's it's rooted in the church man uh you know like the whole starbucks red cup thing like y'all um the who's could have asked for the grinch's head because he stole all of their stuff and didn't even bother to hide away the evidence he brought right. it all back, man. Yeah. Uh, well, and and it, he was at their mercy, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. And that's what I—that's what I love about these stories and and what we find in in parables, right? When we read them as the church and as Christians and as people, yeah. we like to put ourselves in in the shoes of the who, right? That's that's what we would do. We would welcome the Grinch back in and let him let him have sure. the best seat at the table. Like we would be Jesus, and as the four friends lower the paralytic and we would tell them right we're not the grumbling you know cynics and religious leaders in the corner no we're jesus <laughs> we're the <right>? faithful ones <laughs> we're the faithful ones yeah. we're the ones doing this and yet how often do if we're honest right? right when we're griping about red cups and christmas music in november and whatever it is right i love so yeah <laughs> Uh, we can't possibly be Rome, right? In the story, right. <laughs> exactly. The exactly. powerful nation mm-hmm. that colonizes. We can't be. Yeah. We're we're the Jesus in the story, right? Uh-huh. Of course. I look, and, and I, at I te- worst, we're maybe the four friends, or we're <laughs> maybe the people who showed up just to be in the room, <laughs> right? Or or maybe yeah. we're the old, or not the oldest son, but the the youngest son and the uh, we're the prodigal, the prodigal back. son, right? We're not the sure. oldest son you know that's ridiculous (laughs) you know uh it's so i I teach disciple bible study and i absolutely love it uh and and one of the reasons why i love it is is i love when folks see that light bulb go off Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh rome is us Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god and look i'm just reading the bible like i don't walk in there and say you will have an epiphany today where you will realize that we're not always the hero of the story you know we are in need of redemption Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's because it, we we do we read and we write our own history so that and we draw lines in the sand so that we're in mm-hmm. and, and so that we're the hero mm-hmm. of the story. And that's some honestly, sometimes that's true. Sure. Uh, but not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not all the time, uh, uh, you know, because like we're reading right now, we're in the, in the story of David. Uh, and when you really read David's story, because David is like put on this pedestal when you get to the New Testament. You know, Jesus is from the line of David. Like, yeah. have you read David's story? Jiminy yeah. Christmas. Like, he's, I could say worse, but like, that that's a messed up story. Oh, so messed up. And, and you think, you think Bathsheba is the worst part of that story? Keep reading. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, but we, so I, I love when, look, reading the Bible is super important because it reminds us like 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 when when the ancient israelites are, are called to like decimate cities and kill everyone and we claim that like other traditions are violent mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't we have forgotten our own story right holy smoke so all of that to say i i hope that the grinch it's a fun story it's it's recognizable we've all heard it read it viewed it in some way shape or form kids know it you know so it's accessible to everyone so this that's kind of the lead ledge from which you jump you know it, it's it's like the gospel of john the people that jesus meets uh, and I got this from another book, so it's not original, but like Jesus is this light of the world, but the characters that Jesus meets are the prisms that break up that light so that it's palatable. 
so that we can recognize it and hear it. And the Grinch is kind of the story. It, it breaks up this, this Jesus moment uh, in a palatable way. I hope when you're reading it, though, you first realize like, oh, man, I'm more Grinchy than I thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, wow, I needed I need to think, well, let me let me consider my Christmas celebration. Like maybe I'm loud. Maybe I'm too loud, like the Who's. And, I, and I've forgotten really the point of the story. And, and then maybe at the end of the end of it all, who, who do I need to forgive? Mm -hmm. uh, because I want Johnny's head because he offended me last year. Maybe what would it look like for us to break bread together at the end of it all? You know, that's kind of the trajectory, you know, mm -hmm. of the story. And, and, and I hope it's a, a blessing to yeah. anyone who picks it up, you know? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you uh, putting putting a story that I'm not terribly fond of <laughs> into a life yes. that's <laughs> sure that it, yeah. that is that is palatable right that is that is preachable that that gives it a meaning beyond uh you know the cartoons and movies and things that we've, yeah. we've seen iambic pentameter so. yeah, yeah yeah made up words yeah, yeah for sure and in in doing it in such a way that for me what a blue Christmas service does yes, uh, to bring in that space where, man, we know some things are too loud. We know some things are too bright, but we're holding that tension between grief and celebration, mm -hmm. which for me is, is where joy lies. Right. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing that we need to take a moment, make space that we're not ready to sing carols. We're not ready to do this celebration. We're not ready for this, but we're all in need of this redemption and salvation uh, and this space just to grieve our loved ones or grieve a year past or grieve whatever it is that's making us feel and, and be in this space that uh, is joyful, but holds that tension between grief and celebration uh, and acknowledge that maybe we're just not ready. Uh, yeah. And, and for me, I think that's what the story does, right? Uh, in a lot of different ways is making that space for... Uh, people to be in this season well i think for me like it's that um this story i've always loved the cartoon like the old cartoon with the music like the music for some reason i've always been drawn in with the music i care less about the story was happening but the music itself really uh connected uh with me and just thinking of you know i can hear in my head uh you know you're a mean one mr Grinch. you're a mean one mr yes. grinch like yes. it's just such a beautiful i mean just the music itself in that classic cartoon like to me like that's where it's at like that's how like when i think of the story that's where i go and then like you know as you think about some of the other ones that have come out over the last few years like man that, that just doesn't resonate and i think about that like in regards to christmas like we all long for like that christmas that maybe we had as a child and so like as an adult, we set this up for that. And like, when it doesn't happen, we're just like, oh, like it, it's not, <laughs> you know, like, oh, wow. It came and went. It wasn't anything like it was when I was like a child, but oh, maybe if we re yeah. reorient ourselves to um, those, just that connection to what it really is and what we should be doing and who are we inviting to our tables who maybe have harmed us and like, you know, really wrestling with this, um, you know, hope and anticipation for the savior that comes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a story of tensions, right? Yes. You know, you have the who's like celebrating and they're loud and the Grinch is like, no, this, this sucks. This is terrible. Uh, and then he steals it away, but then they forgive him and they ask him at the table and his heart grows. And it's this kind of story of tension. And th that actually plays out when you mentioned the cartoon. This is a great fun fact. I, I can't remember if it's, if it's in the book or not, 
but the TV special, like the original TV special, <laughs> this is so great. The folks who paid for that was a conglomerate of bank owners. Hmm. And Dr. Seuss was like, are you serious? Like, have you read this book? Like literally the last line is Christmas isn't about stuff. But here are these bank owners who invested in the story to get it onto television for an economic return. And like, I love how juicy and counterintuitive and ironic that is. And that says, says something to, gosh, that says something to our churches too, because we're talking about like peace on earth, goodwill to, to all. And, and Mary and Joseph were poor and, uh, and, and how, uh, you know, as we're like passing the offering plate to make the budget, uh, we're talking about... <laughs> You know, the, how charming, how charming this poor family is on the outskirts of town. Uh, please finish, you know, your year end giving has to be in the office by January or, or you know, December 31st. There's, there's this, uh, uh, there's this tension even through our own ministry. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. Like I'm not putting a moral value on that. And I, you know, and I understand, I understand all of that. Right. Uh, but just, I, I hope people recognize this tension that we live in as an institutional church. Mm-hmm. of sometimes the disconnect between the gospel and the way that we serve that uh, in, in the world. So there, there's also a story in that it's not necessarily related to Christmas, but it is related to the way in which we offer Christ in the world, that there is a tension there that probably needs to be unraveled uh, uh, by hook or crook. And maybe it won't be unraveled until the parousia, until Jesus returns, you know, or as I like to say, if Jesus is coming back, you know, I don't believe Jesus is coming back today. And and if he does, call me a liar tomorrow, right? You know, <laughs> right. Um, uh, but but there's this, just like how bankers actually paid for the Grinch to be on television, there is this delicious irony of of our Christmas Eve worship. Um, in, in other words, we shouldn't just treat the Holy Family as this charming story of a of a poor family where there was no room in the end. No, it is the vulnerability of God. Is the vulnerability of God that we're seeing. We, are, we should be completely disarmed that we've been given a baby. We're reading the prophecies. You know, uh, Frank, you, you opened up the prophecies. Uh, mighty count, uh, awesome God, you know, uh, the, the government will be on his shoulders and he shall reign forever and ever. And we are expecting to see Jesus fully ripped and like coming out of the heavens yeah. with like a bow and a spear, yeah. right? to kick Rome's butt, right? And we're given a baby in the outskirts of town, totally disarming, right? And I hope every year we have a, just a taste of that absolutely disarming nature of, of the incarnation. Uh, we should be surprised. You know, the Grinch is welcomed at the end. That should be disarming and surprising. When we, when we follow the shepherds into Bethlehem, we should also be surprised and amazed at, at, at what they found. Uh, you will find a child wrapped in swaddling clothes because hosea said it was a butt kicking warrior king <laughs> right you know right what the heck so anyway uh, there, there's a beautiful disarming nature of our worship that i hope this book also points us to recapture yeah no i love that i <laughs> almost every advent if not every advent i've ever preached i, <laughs> I always had the phrase a, a baby <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah. A baby. What are we going to do with a baby? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but there's something so beautiful, like I said, disarming in that of not only is it, uh, is it the nature of God to give us something we're not expecting, right? That, mm. that completely changes the world around us. 
but it's also not instant. There's, there's movement, there's growth. Uh, you know, the Grinch's heart doesn't grow three sizes as an instant. It's the fullness of the story, right? It's the fullness right. of life, death, and resurrection that we find our salvation in Christ in not just the baby, not just the teachings, not just death and resurrection, but the fullness of it all. Yeah, there and, is more, right? Yeah. The, re- the, the reason is so his heart grew three sizes yeah. because originally it was two sizes too small. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't bring us to equilibrium. That's not the story. It doesn't grow two sizes to bring him on on par. It grows three because God is abundant and God is always more. And God is so much more that we often can't handle it. (laughs) And I love how uh, uh, Sam Wells in in God's Companions uh, basically details sin as a lack of imagination Mm. because God, God is so rich and God is so abundant that we cannot imagine that possibility. And that, that is at least one definition of sin is lack of imagination that God is really God, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> God is abundant and, and joyful uh, and, and, and always with us, right? So yeah, I love that his heart grew three sizes, not two, because two brings him to equilibrium and, 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 and par, it grows three. He actually has more than he needs mm-hmm. by the end of the story. Absolutely fantastic. Love yeah. it. Uh, that always makes me think uh, of Wesley's experience of his heart being strangely warm, yes. right? Not, not that he was, well, he probably was mildly grumpy uh, from time to time. Mildly? <laughs> mildly. Uh, but just I mean, that how idea. many hours on horseback you need oh, before you start so questioning many. your life decisions? <laughs> I mean, so you know, I'm sure his uh, nice uh, boat ride back from Georgia right. was, right. you know, really made his heart. Oh, yeah, there's soften. that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, humiliating. <laughs> I always think that when I hear that story or, you know, when we, when we go through that in the calendar year of, of that same thing and the, the image of the Grinch's heart breaking the uh, frame that it's in, right? Uh, it always makes me think of Wesley in the, those moments as well. Uh, and oh, just that imagery of, of Wesley sitting in that church going, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a mistake. Yeah, I did that wrong. Uh, but finding that grace and redemption all in the same too. Hmm. Well, Matt, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, uh, the book is "The Heart That Grew Three Sizes: Finding Faith in the Story of the Grinch." Uh, it looks like this for those of you that are visual and are watching on the YouTube's. Um, you can find it on Amazon, Cokesbury, or. Wherever fine, books wherever, are sold. Can, wherever fine books are sold, uh, but you know, we'd encourage you to check it out if it, and we're going to, we're airing this before Advent starts. So if you haven't picked your Advent series, this would be a great place to start. And you uh, can digitally download it. So if you, yes. if you get in a bind and you're like, oh no, I have not planned Advent yet, <laughs> yes. you know, you just click a button, man, and, and, yes. and get it. Uh, and so that's available for uh, everyone to connect into. And so Matt, we thank you for your time. I uh, want to encourage our listeners to go to our website at beardedtheologians.com where you can actually look back on a couple of the episodes that Matt's been on. Uh, maybe maybe the Grinch isn't your thing, but maybe the Nutcracker is your thing. And that's, you know, he's got another book like that. Uh, no, he is not paying us for this advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, checks in the mail. No, nobody's paying us for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it, should you, know, you want to sponsor uh, yes. uh, the beer cast? Uh, <laughs> yes. So if you do want to sponsor the, the podcast and you're interested in uh, picking up some gear for Christmas, <laughs> what a better way of doing that than going to our website and buying some gear uh, for your pastors or anybody else that you know that would in, enjoy some uh, Bearded Theologians gear. 
Uh, and you can find all that at beardedtheologians.com. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking.